Last week uh, here on the show, we addressed why some kids leave the faith. And today, we want to offer ideas for you to um, know how you can pray for a child who isn't walking with God. I'm John Fuller, along with Dr. Danny Huerta. He's a professional counselor and leads our parenting team here at the ministry. And Danny, I don't know why this is, but sometimes it's sort of like, oh, I've done everything I can. Now I'm going to pray for my I'll child. Pray, right? Why is that? <laughs> why, why, prayer is powerful. Yeah, I think it's because it removes our control. Uh, we want to control everything, and at that point we have to trust. And that is so hard for us to do. And yes, at the end of the sentence, well, I guess I'll just pray. No, I mean, prayer is powerful. It uh, truly impacts the mind of a person and can bring peacefulness into the mind. I love Isaiah 26. Listeners, if you get to uh, read through that, look at the how it, how it talks about prayer. Even in a place of discipline where there's a whispered prayer, there's a seeking and, and also a finding of peacefulness in the mind. Our brain goes all kinds of directions. Mm-hmm. The mind is the space we get to navigate as everything comes and hits our senses. And that's the place where prayer can just calm us down. And the question is, do I trust somebody's listening on the other end? Mm. Well, that is really a great insight. And uh, let's go ahead and uh, hear now from a conversation Jim Daly had uh, with Jody Burnt. She's a very popular guest, always uh, generates a very strong response in our listeners. Uh, her heart is for her children. You'll hear that as she explains how to pray for your child who seems far away from God. That parent who's listening right yeah, now, yeah. who is struggling with their teenager that's mm-hmm. moving in a really bad direction. Yeah. I mean, it may be, you know, drugs are in the right. home or something right. like that. And that to me is evidence of John ten ten as well, the steal, kill, yes. and destroy part. Right. This is the destructive path a child can choose. And it, it's going to occur sometime in that, that those teen years. Sure. How do they pray yeah. with any confidence? Yeah. Because right now in the moment, it looks hopeless. It does look hopeless. And I, I was that parent. Um, we had four kids. And I think probably anybody who has more than one kid, even if you have one kid, you know, they make... These things are they, always possible. It's, it happens, you know. It doesn't... Just because you have a Christian home doesn't mean that you're going to have these guaranteed straight, narrow kids. And I would say to that parent... First of all, you're not alone. God knows exactly how you feel. He's watched us make the dumbest decisions, mm. walk the wildest paths. Um, and he loves your child more than you do. Yes. You might think they're out of your reach, either uh, physically because they're not home or even just emotionally. They're sitting across the table, but they don't want to listen to you, you know, but they're never out of God's reach. Yeah. And so I would just encourage that parent to just keep lifting their child before the Lord, bringing his name, her name, their needs, um, and trusting that your Heavenly Father, who loves them more than you do and has more power than you do, you know, our prayers, they lay down the tracks for God's power to come through. We don't do the fixing, the providing. We wish we could. But I love my favorite parenting prayer when I had teenagers was out of Philippians 2.13. That's where Paul says, It is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. And as a mom, I so felt like it was on me. Like I need to work in my kids so that they would will and act, that they would desire and do good things. But, you know, we can't, right? You know, none of us can. 
but God can. And so I would just say, God, work in Virginia's heart to will and to act, to line up with your good purposes. Let me ask you in that context as a mom, and I think moms, this is close to their heart, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure some dads too, but I'm just saying the moms I've talked to, my own observation of Jean, the same thing. And you know, so often that fear and control can take a hold of you. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to say, Lord, okay, I'm going to give my child over to you right now. And that then is followed up by certain behavior changes, right? You reduce your controlling nature. Right. You trust God in certain ways. You become more faithful yeah. uh, toward your parenting of that child. And that is a process, isn't it? Speak to that mom who is struggling in that battle between fear and control and trusting God for the outcome. Yeah, that that's such a good question and one that I wish I could say I had learned once and for all. Wouldn't it be great if we could mm. say, God, I trust you. And then, you know, we've screwed that courage to the sticking place and it's never left. But well, for me, it's probably each all, new... all different degrees different too, degrees, right? Different degrees. New degrees, new problems crop up. God's faithful one in one situation and then another child or another event happens and you got to take it right back to the drawing board. But I'll tell you, God really um, did a gentle but hard work in me as I said to him, Lord, when th- our things were not going like I thought they would in my kids' lives for a season, um, they were making some bad choices, and there were just some bad things happening that yeah. maybe weren't a result of a choice. But, And I remember saying, Lord, I trusted you. You know, you're a good God. I know you love my kids. What's going on? And he looked at me, and he just said, you know, Jody, you, you didn't trust me. You trusted in an outcome. Mm. You trusted in your agenda how you think thought things should work and in your timing. And he said, yeah, this is painful, but trust me because I see the big picture and I'm shepherding and leading and as Romans 8, 28 reminds us, working in all things for the good of those who love me. And yeah. so... And Jody, in that regard, right at the end here, yeah. and I think uh, a good takeaway for the parents listening right now would be... Um, suffering plays a role in God's mm-hmm. economy. It, it accomplishes something deep in people. Yeah. And it's not that we run from it. We shouldn't run from right. it. Um, but how to equip our children to abide in it. Yeah. And so, how, yeah, wow, that's a big one. But. It is such a big one. And I think, um, you know, we can trick ourselves into thinking God doesn't want us to suffer. But like I was just reading this morning in Philippians 1, and Paul says to all the believers, he's like, you've been counted worthy to share in his glory and in his suffering. And I'm like, what do you mean I, I should be thankful that I get to count, you know, be happy to be in his suffering? But but he does use it to refine us, to shape mm-hmm. us. Um, and it's no fun. And it's for a parent... I think it's really hard to watch your child suffer. There's yeah. nothing harder. Well, um, but we just can be confident that God will use all of that, the good yeah. and the bad, to work his good purposes. And I think in doing that, when you can get to that place, mm-hmm. then the scripture that says, my burden is light, my yoke yeah. is easy, yeah. that's evidence of that when you can really abide in that difficult circumstance, trusting God, praying for your child, believing in the future of that child, even if they're in the valley in that moment. And it's not easy. I don't, you know, a listener might listen and go, oh, she says, just trust me. And I would encourage someone too, if they're in that valley, in that dark place to reach out to a friend. I really believe in the power of uh, multiplied prayer. You know, Jesus says where two or more come together, I'm in the midst. 
And there were times in our kids' growing up years when, there, I tell the story in the book, when our son was in kindergarten and he struggled so much with self-control that I just wanted to buy him a pack of cigarettes and put him out on the street corner because I'm like, he's going to wind up there anyway, so why bother trying to parent him or raise him to be godly because I give up. And I had some girlfriends who came alongside me, people in my mom's and prayer group and others, who said, you know, you don't have the faith right now to believe for this. You can't even see the needle moving, but we'll pray for you. We'll lift up your son. We'll carry that burden for you and with you. And I'll tell you, they did that for me for over a year, and, and God moved. He moved. And I will say, if you met my son now, he's 25. You would never know that he'd struggled with self-control, self-discipline, with anger issues, right, with all of that. Changed, yeah. And it wasn't this instant answer. You know, he, he was a high school athlete, a college athlete. And I think sometimes that's the other thing. You know, the, the passion that's in there that can come out as anger can also be a passion that in the hands of God can allow for victory on a sports field. You know, it's, it's, oh, without it's a doubt. the two different sides of the coin. So I would just say hang in there, but get yourself some friends who will carry that with you. Jody talked about so many different scriptures and the power that, that we can bring to our situation when we grab onto the scriptures and pray them. The Psalms are a reminder, Danny, of how God invites us to be honest. Hmm. I mean, David just, he put it all out there for God. Um, but how can we tell if we're being honest with God versus kind of complaining out of the flesh. I mean, do you hear what I'm saying on that? Yeah, I mean, we we can complain wanting things to go a certain way as if we're telling God, hey, you need to do this. And if you're not doing it, somehow either you don't like me or I did something wrong, but we're we're not trusting the fact that God cares deeply for what we're bringing forth in our prayer. I love in Isaiah 26, 9, it says, my soul yearns for you in the night. My spirit within me earnestly seeks you. Man, that shows my soul is seeking out in depth God's response and then waiting for it and waiting for that timing. And that takes time and and also trust over time that when I pray, I am truly giving it over to God and I'm honestly letting know all my emotions with it. I'm angry about this. I'm frustrated with it. Why haven't you responded to this? But I love you and I trust you. That's where the difference comes in. If I'm demanding God do something, that's when it becomes complaining and mm-hmm. it's all about me. Yeah. Yeah, I take great comfort in reading so much of the scripture. And, you know, frankly, the book of Habakkuk is one of my favorites because God does these mysterious things. The prophet asks him and God says, you don't, you, you can't possibly understand what I'm doing. Do you trust me? And at the end, he says, yes, I will trust you, God. And it, mm-hmm. it's a reminder to me that with my children, I can't control them. They have independent wills. They have their opportunities in life to make their own choices. I can pray, I can bring them before the Lord, and I can petition him, uh, but I have to trust him with my child's uh, well-being. And it may be that you need to trust God, but you just don't know how to even begin that process. And if that's the case, uh, we would count it a privilege to pray with you. Uh, give us a call and maybe pray with the the person on the phone. Or if you need some uh, deeper help, ask to speak with one of our counselors. We can arrange for a free consultation. They'll call you back at a time that works. They'll hear you and where you're at. They'll offer some insights. They'll pray with you. Uh, That's a free consultation, and uh, donors make that possible. I hope you'll take advantage of it. Give us a call. Our number is 800, the letter A in the word family. 
And for more encouragement from Jody Burnt, request a copy of her book, Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. It's a terrific resource. It is full of scripture, as you might imagine. And it's a wonderful book to just leave lying around for those moments when your children come to mind and you're not quite sure perhaps what to pray. Now donate to the work of Focus on the Family today, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift, and we'll send that book to you. Uh, It'd be a privilege for us to put that in your hands. You'll find the link in the show notes. Next time, you'll hear more from Jody about how to pray for the ways your kids use technology. Uh, I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Danny and the entire staff here, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. Good parents aren't perfect, and that's okay. But there are ways you can grow every day. Focus on the Family's Seven Traits of Effective Parenting Assessment gives parents an honest look at their unique strengths, plus some areas they could use a little help. Every mom and dad can help raise the next generation of healthy, mature, and responsible children. And this assessment will help get you started. Take the assessment at FocusOnTheFamily.com slash 7Trades. That's FocusOnTheFamily.com slash 7Trades.